J. Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And I want to let you know that the State of the Saints podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Over 2 million men worldwide have joined the movement for all their below-the-waist needs. Engineers for the last 18 months have perfected the greatest hair trimmer ever created, the Lawnmower 3.0. The third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. You can choose the Lawnmower 3.0 as well as other items by going to manscaped.com and you can also save 20% by using the promo code State of Saints. That's manscaped.com. Use the promo code State of Saints and save 20% on the Lawnmower 3.0 as well as other Manscaped items. That's manscaped.com. Man, that intro fire. I don't care what nobody say. That's the best intro I think I ever done since I started doing this show. What's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Happy Monday to each and every one of you. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Hope everybody's well-rested. Hope everybody enjoyed themselves. And if you were in an area where they had some really good weather like they did out in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. I hope your belly is full of barbecue, laughter, and love, all right? But back to what we love to talk about, the New Orleans Saints, all right? It's time to talk about the New Orleans Saints. And boy, uh, they got some news coming across the wire. On this episode, we're going to be talking about the Saints addressing uh, the defensive line position, and them needed some help, and boy, did they get some help. And also, we're going to be talking about the 17-game season and how some NFL players aren't happy about it, including New Orleans Saints running back Alvin Kamara. But thank you all so much for being a part of the State of the Saints podcast. No matter if you're looking at this live or you're catching the replay, really do appreciate it. Good morning, good evening, good night, wherever you are right now. But let's go ahead and talk about this, man. Uh, the Saints signed defensive end. I got to make sure I get his name right. <laughs> Tano Passanio. All right. His name is Tano Passanio. Try saying that five times fast. You know, <laughs> try saying Tano Passanio five times fast. But nevertheless, the Saints signed Tano Passanio. Tano Passanio uh, came into the NFL back in 2017. He was a second round pick of the Kansas City Chiefs out of Villanova. He was a guy that was a very raw talent. He was a guy that did get on the field as a starter right away 
but he's a guy that developed into a solid, uh, you know, defensive lineman, you know, stopping the run, which I feel like the Saints need some help with, and also get into the quarterback. And the Saints signed him to a two-year deal. And this also answers the, a lot of people's questions. You know, what are the Saints going to do now that Trey Hendrickson is gone? And, you know, you got Carl Granderson and you also have Marcus Davenport, who, you know, is pretty decent, but we know that he has a history of staying injured. But Tano Passigno, I'm really excited about, man. This is a big man. I mean, this is this is a big, big dude. You know what I'm saying? I got his measurables right here, okay? The guy is six foot seven. 289 pounds, all right, 289 pounds. Uh, he had 75 tackles, seven sacks, one forced fumble, one fumble recovery, and five pass deflections. So, um, like I said, he's he always in the starting rotation. Uh, you know, he wasn't, like, always a starter, and he's a guy that, you know, he was a work in progress. He reminds me a lot of, um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Ziggy Ansa. You know, Ziggy Ansa coming out of BYU, uh, he was a guy that had a lot of upsides, a lot of untapped potential. And now uh, passing yo is actually living up to it. You know what I'm saying? And not to mention, this is something that we all should be excited about. He's only 26 years old. He's only 26 years old. So he's really young. And if, if he plays pretty good for the next two years, I mean, the Saints can re-up. All right. So the Saints really did need some some help on the, on, on the, you know, line, especially Trey Hendrickson, who was second in the league and, you know, in sacks, he's going now to Cincinnati. Now you have Passigno, who's a former, uh, you know, Super Bowl champion with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, he was a disruptor in the AFC championship game, getting a sack on Josh Allen. And, uh, you know, I just think that this guy has a lot of promise and you put him opposite of Cam Jordan. I think he can do some damage and hopefully, hopefully, because I'm tired of saying this, hopefully Marcus Davenport can live up to the potential that that the Saints saw in him when he was drafted. And Carl Granderson, who I've seen some video footage of him, man, the boy is looking great. Looked like he put on a little bit more pound of muscle and he's looking like he's really explosive. So if you're a Saints fan and you're a little concerned about the exit of Trey Hendrickson, uh, you, I say to you, you should be excited about Tano passing yo, and you definitely should be excited about Carl Granderson uh, in the lab as we speak right now, trying to get his body right, uh, his explosiveness right, his technique right. Um, I'm really excited about Carl Granderson. I don't know about you, but I'm really, really excited about Carl Granderson. I mean, when he was in a game in spurts, you know he was in there. And I think that's the one thing that you can act for. Now, guys taking advantage of their opportunities, you know, because you don't know how many opportunities that you are going to get when your number is called. So you got to make the best of it. And every time I remember Carl Grandison being in a game, he's forcing a fumble, he's getting a sack. So I would be happy, man. And look, I know some people like, who, what, when, where, why, how, who is, who is passing you? Look, sometimes we need to get away from the names. Sometimes we need to get away from the names and start focusing on the production and, and, and the untapped potential. Because sometimes we get caught up in guys that we recognize that have been disruptors throughout their entire NFL career. And when a guy comes along, we barely even heard of, we are quick to throw those guys to the side. We're quick to say, man, you know what? Um, Man, I don't know about him. Well, I know a lot of people didn't probably know about the Mario Davis unless you're like really into the NFL. 
you probably didn't think the Mario Davis was going to be as good as he was. You know, some of these other players that come along, you know, you know, that we signed Malcolm Brown, Malcolm Brown, you know, like all these different guys that the Saints were signed. We have to get away from the sexy names and we need to focus on the production. That is the most important thing to me. I can care less about if a guy was in a rotation because I look at guys like A.J. Klein, who was basically, uh, you know, playing behind Thomas Davis and Luke Keekley, And look what he did in the New Orleans Saints uniform. And so with the Mario Davis playing in a Jets organization that, you know, didn't really tap into his true potential. So you have a lot of guys that come on this team and Mickey Loomis, Jeff Ireland, Sean Payton and crew have done an outstanding job waiting for the free agency frenzy to calm down and just basically, you know, look into those guys that a lot of these teams aren't really paying attention to. Yeah, you know, when these guys leave one team and go to another, they give them a big paycheck. We're all excited and shocked and looking at the numbers and, whoo, boy, he got five years, 200, whoo, he got four years, 67, whoo, you know, like, but when it all calms down, when it's all said and done, when the smoke clears, you get a couple guys that are solid and that can be contributors to your team, and that is what's important. It's not always about the sexy names. I think we all want those guys that we recognize because, you know, due to nostalgia, but give me a guy that is going to put in some work. Give me a guy. I ain't got to know his name. His name ain't got to be on the lips of every NFL fan. Give me a guy that's going to put in that work. Okay. And I feel like passing yo is the guy, uh, you know, I, I feel like he's going to be a guy that's going to contribute in a big way. And I'm excited about that. And also I'm excited about you being here on the state of the saints podcast. And if you love the state of the saints podcast, if you, like the podcast man just do me a favor go ahead and hit that like button go ahead and hit that like button and if you just so happen to click on this because you're like oh man they're talking about the saints go ahead and hit that subscription button okay this is the most interactive saints podcast that you're going to find anywhere i'm not just going to say on youtube i'm going to say anywhere because this is a very interactive show and and i would love if this is your first time for you to be a part of the Who That Nation and the State of the Saints podcast crew. But let's go ahead and uh, see what you all have to say. Let's see what let's see what everybody got to say. Thank you all for being here. Let's go ahead and start with Jerry. Jerry, the OG of the State of the Saints podcast says, don't know about this guy we signed, but he is a plus to the defensive lineman. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, Jerry. You know, he's not a guy that's, that's on the lips of every Saints fan, NFL fan, and we're not turning backflips because we don't know what to think about this. This is one of those signings where you have to trust the organization. This is one of those signings that you have to trust that Mickey Loomis, Sean Payton and crew know what they're doing. And I trust them because anytime they bring a guy in that, you know, middle of the pack, you know, you know, a guy that probably isn't recognized by a lot of people, they live up to expectations. I mean, they've been hitting them out the park as of late. I, I haven't seen a guy that the New Orleans Saints have signed in the last four to five years that hasn't really lived up to expectation. You know, like even for, you know, even for the most part with Eli Apple, you know what I'm saying? The Saints signed him three, you know what I'm saying? They traded for him. But here's the thing. You can talk about Eli Apple all you want to, but Eli Apple was better than Ken Crawley. So, you know what I'm saying? That still was a step up. And then when he left, you got Janora Jenkins, who was better than him. So, you can't say for the last few years when the Saints went into free agency 
they got guys that have been an absolute disaster over the last four to five years. For the most part, they've been hitting them out the park. All right. They've been hitting them out the park. So I, I trust these guys. I trust them. No doubt about that. Mocha says, thank you, Steve Spagnola, for coaching him up. Yeah, hey, man, Spags. Uh, look, Spags is a good defensive coordinator. It's a reason why he's been in the league as long as he has. It's a reason why this guy can be a head coach, get fired, and still get a job because he's so well-respected. And he's good at what he does, man. You know, anytime uh, you have a guy who basically gives you the blueprint to how to stop Tom Brady, didn't do it that time in the Super Bowl, but for the most part when he was with the Giants, uh, you know, he was able to neutralize Tom Brady and the New England Patriots when they were an undefeated team. And I just think that that's always going to register in the minds of uh, NFL front offices when Steve Spagdola is on the market. So he does do a good job. He does develop those players. Uh, he does a good job, man, when the lead starts to slowly pass him by. He's not afraid to go out here to see what defensive packages can work. So as long as you're willing to adapt as a coordinator, as a head coach, there's always going to be a spot for you in the National Football League. But as soon as you think that you have everything figured out and it's my way or the highway, you're going to end up being on outside looking in. So Spags is in that number where he's always going to get a job until he's no longer uh, able uh, to coach. Between Grandison and this cat, uh, I like it a lot. Yeah. I mean, DLP, here's the thing. This there's youth on this defensive line. See, this is what we need to be excited about. Who that nation? There's youth on this on this line. You have a combination of seasoned veterans as well as as young players. These young players haven't even tapped into their full potential just yet. And you have yourself some guys that you can actually coach up to be the best possible version of themselves when they're going out here every single Sunday. So that's what I'm excited about. When you start to get guys 30, 31 years old, they already kind of set in their ways. They, they already have their little routine. When the coaches are trying to tell them something, you know, they're rolling their eyes because they're like, I've been in the league this many years and this has worked for me. But when you have young guys who, who want to be great, who want to take that extra step, and you have a defensive line coach like Ryan Nielsen that can tap into that potential and pull it out of these guys, you have to be excited about that. Okay, and I understand that passing yo is not a household name, but to me, I feel like this can be a good signing. And some of the highlights that I've seen watching him and watching some of these Kansas City Chiefs games where he was actually a disruptor, rather was in a in a running game, also trying to uh, get uh, to the quarterback. It seems like to me he has a high motor. So Ryan Nielsen can, can bring that out of him. Ryan Nielsen has done an outstanding job at getting the best out of these defensive linemen. He has done an outstanding job. And that's one of the reasons why uh, Sean Payton did not want him to go to LSU. They did not want him talking to the Green Bay Packers. That's the reason why Sean Payton stopped a lot of the, I guess, the wheels in motion for Ryan Nielsen and also made him an assistant coach and gave him a little bit more money. You don't do that for guys that you don't want to keep. Ryan Nielsen is a, is a treasure to the New Orleans Saints. And I think any player on the defensive line will echo my sentiments. Tyrell Davis says, what up, TJ? Loving the new intro. What wide receiver uh, do you see the Saints signing? Uh, do they go through the draft or sign a free agent like AB? Uh, Tyrell, thank you so much for your question. And to answer your question, I think the Saints need to do both. Tyrell, I, I think the Saints need to do both. I think they need to sign a seasoned veteran 
and they need to go out here and get themselves a rookie, a rookie wide receiver. Um, I, I think that they 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 did a really good job, right? They did a good job signing Emmanuel Sanders last season, but you know Emmanuel Sanders isn't here anymore. They, he's too rich for the Saints' blood, so he's in Buffalo. So you get yourself some of these other guys. You like I said, you wait for the free agency frenzy to calm down. That's how you was able to get passing you. And, you know, the, the field starts to, uh, you know, starts to reveal itself. And then as you get closer to the NFL draft, teams are willing to go into the draft and try to see if they can address some of the needs that they have. Um, in this case, at wide receiver. So if you still have guys on the outside looking in, I mean, you can be, op- they'll probably be more open to negotiating with you Instead of them saying, oh, I want this amount of money. Because you have to keep in mind, people like Golden Tate is still out there. People like T.Y. Hilton is still out there. And I would love to have T.Y. Hilton opposite of, of Michael Thomas. I would love that. Okay. And I would love to, you know, have a, 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 another rookie to come in, you know, that can that can contribute. Uh, the guy that I'm looking at uh, is, is Terrence Marshall uh, out of LSU. Uh, I don't know if he'll be there when the Saints draft. Um, I know people think, man, this is an LSU player. The Saints don't draft LSU players. Well, they're stupid if they don't. And if he's still there, because to me, uh, once Jamar Chase and, you know, and, and uh, you know, and, you know, Adams, you know, all, all those other cats gone, you know, I just think that, you know, I think you're crazy if you don't go into Marshall. You know what I'm saying? You start getting Smith and Adams and all them other cats do out of Purdue and, uh, and, and a guy to Ole Miss, all these other wide receivers, you know, once they're gone and you've got people like Terrence Marshall is there, you got to be a fool not to take. Them. And also Powell out of Clemson, you know, another uh, wide receiver. Look, I, I don't want any five, nine, five, ten wide receivers uh, for the Saints to draft. OK, you got Deontay Harris, who's the who's the shifty, small guy who can, you know, get in between uh, defenders. You got that guy. Right. You, you got him already. The Saints need that guy that's like 6'1", 6'2", that can get behind a defender and also, you know, can take a little bit of punishment because he has a little bit of size on him. I'm talking 6'2", 6'3", maybe 2'10", 2'12". They can absorb some of the blows of these cornerbacks and then some of these bigger linebackers. When you start messing with those smaller guys, you know, those guys are good. They're talented. They're fast. They're shifty. But all it takes is one hit and they're out for three to four weeks. And we've seen this with Deontay Harris. Deontay Harris, when he's in a game, he's a difference maker. Some, sometimes you can even argue he's a bigger difference maker than Michael Thomas is in some cases. But the best ability is availability. And you can have all the potential in the world. But if you're not on the field, nobody will see it. Nobody will recognize it. And nobody will ever give you your just due. So I'm looking at the Saints getting a 6-1, type wide receiver. No more of those small shifty guys. You got one in Deontay Harris who I feel like can be an X factor and, and get yourself somebody like a T.Y. Hilton, you know, a guy, you know, probably on a, about the size of Emmanuel Sanders, kind of younger and a guy that can contribute somebody like that. And another guy who I feel like it would be a next factor is Golden Tate. Um, I, I like Golden Tate. Golden Tate reminds me a lot of like that Willie Sneed uh, type wide receiver, a guy on third and four that's going to fight and get you those four yards, a guy Around the red zone, you can count on to win this matchup. God is not afraid to go out there and throw a block. He reminds me of a poor man's Heinz Ward, you know, when it comes to his blocking ability. He's a tough guy. He's a physical guy. He's not afraid to go out there and block downfield. 
He's not afraid to to put in the dirty work. And that's what that's what we have to have an appreciation when we're looking at these wide receivers. You got to have an appreciation for those wide receivers that can put in the dirty work. See, we we like the diva wide receivers that get behind guys and catches one hand snags. But when you are counting on a running game, which the Saints are going to have to do, because you have to look at it. There's no more Drew Brees. There's no more cheat sheet. You know, there's no more 15 years of knowing a Sean Payton system. These are two new guys in Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston that are learning a brand new system, who are learning Sean Payton's system, and they're going to have to learn this system. And while they're learning, the Saints are going to have to depend on the running game. And what helps the running game, especially when you have Alvin Kamara trying to get to the outside, are those wide receivers on the outside blocking these corners in order for the running backs to have that lane to shoot up downfield. So if you can get a guy like a Golden Tate, you know, a guy that's not afraid to block, opposite of a Traquan Schmidt, a guy that's a really good blocker as well, and Mark Class Callaway, who's developing to be a better blocker, I think that you will have yourself something special, and I think the running game would benefit from it. And not to mention Nick Vernett, a guy who is more, you know, a younger version of Josh Hill. So you have yourself a blocking tight end. You got yourself some blocking receivers, and that's going to help especially since we all know that the Saints love the screen game. You know, you, you're running the screen game. You need those. You, not only do you need those offensive linemen to block up field, but you also need those wide receivers when those running backs get past that first lane. You got to. So, yeah, they definitely need to draft one, and they definitely need to pick one in free agency. So he's going to play defensive end and deep tackle. Yeah, he probably played both positions. Jerry says, I heard the word long arms. I hope you're right, TJ. Yeah, the, the guy's uh man, the guy's tall, man, and physical as well. I don't like the season expansion. 16 was just right. Uh V Law, uh, thank you so much for your comment. And um, once again, let me go ahead before uh before I talk about this V Law. Let me read some of these other comments. Justin says, Who that TJ? I'm in the house. What's going on, Justin? Mark says, I like that addition. Thank you, Mark. Malcolm says, I'm excited too. Uh, V-Law, exactly 16 games should still remain. Mark says that Kansas City do good. Uh, He's going to fill in for Hendrickson when he's gone. So, got Raymond says, who that from the SIP? What's going on, man, all the way out there in Mississippi? Larry says, I like the signing. I think there's a lot of potential there. Also, he is from a winning culture. Yeah. Like I said, not to mention you're going into uh, you know organization that has a really good defensive line coach. Johnny says, "Let's go, baby." What's going on, Johnny? Mocha says, "Is the 17 game this year a home game or an away game?" That's my question. I think it's a home game, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Mickey the goat, and yeah, man. But let's go ahead and talk a little bit about this 17 game season. Now, I'm probably about to. Uh, tick a lot of people off all right i'm about to i'm probably about to make a lot of people mad you know and maybe this might affect you know some people actually coming on this show but i, I this this needs to be said you know i ain't trying to sugarcoat nothing you know what i'm saying I, I i ain't trying to sugarcoat here's the deal all right you got these players right okay let, let's go ahead and backtrack for those that probably don't know what's going on all right so the nfl is going to add a 17th game, right? So 
The NFL has had 16 games since 1978. So since 1978, they have had 16 games in a season. So the NFL, the owners got together and they have decided that they wanted to add an additional game. I mean, you I mean, you look at the pros, right? Let's look at the pros before we start talking about the cons. The pros are, okay, we get extra football. We love football as fans, right? We love football, can't get enough of it. Hate this time of the year when there's absolutely nothing to watch on TV. Thank God for HBCU football, you know, that, that's on right now. That's exciting. But more times than not, there's really nothing really going on. I mean, the, the, the NBA is kind of making their run to the playoffs. You got most people who casually watch the NBA and don't really watch it until the playoffs. So there's this huge gap. So the more football that we can get would be the better. So that's a plus. Uh, also, the money, right? An extra game means there's extra fans in the stadium for that extra week, rather that team goes to the playoff or not. You're still getting a little bit of extra money. Also, for television, it's extra money, right? And the players, it's extra money for them. But here's the cons, right? So you got an extra game. When an extra game means there's more than likely a, a huge chance that a player can get hurt in a 17-game season. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's extra wear and tear on your body. That's, uh, you know, a team possibly going into the playoffs, end up getting injured. You know what I'm saying? A player end up getting injured that they actually need. So that's not a plus. Right. And then on top of that, also a kind that the NFL players are not happy. Right. Including NFL player Alvin Kamara, running back of the New Orleans Saints. He says, uh, according to his uh, Twitter, he says, I'm going to uh, just kind of give you the PG version. He says, ish is dumb as hell. And I'm pretty sure you can fill in the blank when I mean ish. So he's saying that it's dumb, right? He's saying it's dumb as hell. Here's how I feel about it. I feel like the NFL players, to me, I got a lot of respect for these guys. These guys are warriors. But they need to, they need to shut up. I, and this isn't one of those cases where I'm talking about shut up and play football, shut up and dribble. No, I need them to put up or shut up. It's just as simple as that. It's rather you put up or shut up because here's the thing. These NFL players, they want to talk about a couple years ago when they added Thursday night football, you had players like Richard Sherman who were upset about it, went into a press conference all upset, oh, you know what I'm saying, they don't care about player safety, this, that, and the third, right? We don't like Thursday night football. It's dumb. It's stupid, blah, 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 blah. But what happened? Richard Sherman talks about it. You had a few players in Sprinkles talk about it, and then they fall in line. You had the collective bargaining agreement when you had an opportunity to, you know, force a lockout. But instead of you standing but on your, you know, standing on your principles, you decided to take the take the bait, and the owners were allowed to put everything that they wanted into this agreement because they realized that the longer this lockout is, the more money you'll lose. Here's the reality of this: Who that nation and NFL fans all across the world that are watching this podcast right now. The owners are always going to have the advantage over these players as long as these players continue 
to be greedy and look out for their own self-interest. See, this is a thing. We look at the NBA, right? Rather you were on this side or you're on the other side, when they had, you know, uh, you know, the the guy who was, you know, beaten by the police out there in, in Milwaukee, right? He was beating it, you know what I'm saying? I, no, I don't think it was in Milwaukee, but it was in Wisconsin, right? You had the Milwaukee Bucks who were inside of the bubble. When they saw that on television, they boycotted the game. They didn't come out the locker room. They said, we are not going to play this game. I think they were going up against the Orlando Magic, if I'm not mistaken. They didn't play. And you know what the other NBA players did? They followed suit. They said, well, Milwaukee, they not playing. We ain't playing either. So what did the NBA do? What did the NBA do? They said, man, what's going on here? The players threatened to leave the bubble. And the NBA was like, man, now nah, we can't have these players in the bubble. Too much money on the line. These players were willing to make the sacrifice in order to create change. So what did the NBA do? They were able to put like different things on the court. They were able to allow some of these players to, you know, do certain things when it came to protesting. But when it comes to the NFL, they always talking about how unhappy they are with the rules. But they're not willing to sacrifice anything in order to create change. And imagine how crazy this sounds. The NFL is the most important thing to American culture, to be honest with you. People love football. It is ingrained inside of us. Sunday belongs to church and football. It's just as simple as that. It's like they don't even understand the power they possess. The owners dangle the carrot of prosperity in the faces of these players, and they just take the bait. And then not only that, they can never just be on one accord. You got some guys that's thinking certain ways, and then you got other guys that think in another way. But these guys, to me, are, are too greedy. You know what I'm saying? They're not willing to sacrifice anything in order for them to create change. And as long as you do that, those owners are going to continue to screw you over. And it's easy. I hate to say it. I love Alvin Kamara, but it's easy for you to say that right now, dude, when you're making $55 million and you just signed one of the highest paid contracts a running back has ever made in, in, in NFL history. It's easy for you to say that right now when you're rich. But what would have happened if you're a guy like, I don't know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm t- give me a running back, a guy that's making league minimum. What do you think that guy is thinking about? What would you do? If you weren't making this big-time contract, see, you got to make sure that everybody is in line. Then these players, you know what I'm saying, like they love their money. And that's, that's cool, man. You put your body on the line. I mean, it, it's, it's pure brutality every single Sunday. But they're going to continue to screw you over. They're going to continue to screw you over until you force them to create change. And I'm going to say this, and I'll go back to the comments. Let's go back to something that everybody can, you know what I'm saying, recognize. Let's talk about the Montgomery bus boycott. The Montgomery bus boycott, for those that don't know, some of my younger uh, viewers out there probably don't know. Back in 1955, Rosa Parks refused to give up her seat on the Montgomery bus. It ushered in what they called the Montgomery bus boycott. It's when African-Americans refused to take the bus systems in Montgomery in order for them to create change and allow African-Americans to sit anywhere they want on these buses equally. 
And for 381 days, you had individuals that were willing to carpool with one another, that were willing to walk to work, rain, shine, sleet, or snow, in order for the, the people and, you know what I'm saying, City Hall, the mayor, and all those other people that were holding them back, changed the, the laws that they had in place in order for them to sit wherever they chose. Now, think about this, man. Most African-American families were below the poverty line, uh, poverty line. You had individuals that lost their jobs because they refused to take the bus system. You know what I'm saying? They were they was working for white individuals that forced them. You know what I'm saying? That, that basically fired them because they believed in this. But still, they stood their ground for 381 days. And in 381 days, they got what they wanted. NFL players, in order for them to create true change, listen to this. Listen to this, folks. This is not just for NFL players. This is for you. In order for you to create true change, you have to be willing to make sacrifices. You cannot make change and have everything go in your favor. It's it just not going to happen like that. You cannot have the sunshine, you know what I'm saying, and, and the palm trees when you're trying to create change. And these NFL players, to me, are just spinning in a wind. You're doing all this talking, but you know what's going to happen when training camp comes? You're going to get your duffel bag. You're going to get your little postopedic mattresses, and you're going to go to training camp, wherever it may be, and you're going to go out there and you're going to play. And you're going to talk among your friends and talk among your teammates about how unfair the 17-game season is instead of you out here trying to create this change. Because let's make no mistake about it. The NFL needs you all more so than you need the NFL. If, if you had players like Patrick Mahomes, if you had players like, I don't, you know what I'm saying? You had other players like Aaron Donald. If you had players like Michael Thomas, if you had all the other players like Tom Brady who said, you know what? I ain't playing 17 games, man. I'm sitting at home. What do you think the NFL is going to do? What, what, no Tom Brady or no, no Patrick Mahomes? Man, we got to do something about this. That's power. But as long as these guys are out here talking, spitting into the wind, not willing to make no sacrifices, not willing to sit at home and possibly lose a paycheck, they're going to continue to get screwed over. And I hate to say it, man, you can't get no sympathy from me. You can't. I don't feel sorry for anybody. Now, if these guys were sitting at home and saying, man, we're going to, we going to strike, you know, we're going to sit at home. We ain't, we ain't taking this. Then I will roll with you. But these guys ain't losing sleep nor a paycheck over this. They just talking on social media. They trying to just get, get buzz going. Do something about it. Make me get on board with you. Because right now it just sounds like an entitled baby, an entitled child having a hissy fit. Sorry. But that's the way I feel about it. Let's go back to the comments. They're pretty much going to have three preseason games and add one game to the regular season. I got my nephew under my mom's name. Says, hey, Uncle Timmy from Kaylin, Lauren, and Christian. So, okay, so got my nieces and nephews watching. Appreciate that. Thank y'all. Love y'all. What is one more game going to hurt? I don't know. Yes, I don't know. 
But I, I do know this. And, and, you know, look, I'm not trying to beat on my chest. I ain't trying to brag or boast. But here's the thing about me. I don't care how much money I'm making. I don't care what, what's in my favor. If I feel like change needs to take place, I'm going to do it. I walked away from jobs that give me a certain amount of money because it was just a matter of principle. I had one job where I was working as a manager. You know, I ended up transferring from when I was staying out in Texas to Mississippi and I worked with the same company, but it was, you know, different district manager, different area. I didn't like the way that this guy was just using, you know, using me. And also, you know, he was promising an opportunity that he offered me when I first came to other people as a recruiting tool. When I found that out, I went to another company and that company didn't pay me as much money as this company that I left. But the company that I was going to showed that they appreciated you know, my efforts and they wanted me to be on board. And guess what I did? I left. Another prime example, the same company that, you know, that showed me that they appreciate me a couple of years ago, they closed. They closed. They went out of business. They had people that came into the store that were trying to fire, you know, the, the, the people that were a part of my staff, trying to find like issues on them in order for them not to get their compensation once the store closed. Now, this had absolutely nothing to do with me. Nothing. Now, like I said, I'm not trying to make myself look like I'm a revolutionary or nothing. But when I seen that, I walked the hell up out of there, along with everybody else that they tried to get rid of. And I understood that. You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> look, I look, I don't think my, my wife was too happy about that. But at the same time, it's like you have to stand for something. You can't just let somebody just slap you around, man. You can't just be talking about it. There's a point in time where you got to be about it. You got to, you got to put some, man, you got to put some faith, you know what I'm saying, to them feet. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to. You cannot just sit up here and just talk and talk and talk and do absolutely nothing about it. And that's what these NFL players do. They talk about Thursday night football. Nothing happens. They talk about some of these, uh, you know, like some of the training camp practices. They do nothing about it. They talk about the 17-game season right now. They do nothing about it. Miss me with that. Miss me with that. You know, like it comes a time when you're talking to your homeboy or your homegirl and they're telling you about a relationship they're in and they never happy and Man, I'm tired of them. I'm tired. I, I, I talk to them and they don't listen to me. Well, what you going to do? Are you going to leave them? Are you going to stay right there and continue to have us to have these type of conversations? Because in that case, don't waste my damn time. Like, stop wasting my time whining and boohooing to me about your situation when I know you're not going to do absolutely nothing about it. Miss me with that. Miss me with that, folks. If you ain't gonna if you ain't gonna do nothing about it, miss me with that. Roderick, thank you very much for the five dollars. Says getting NFL players to come together is like uh taking butter from a duck. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know what I know. Uh it ain't gonna happen. It's not gonna happen, and that's the reason why they keep on getting the short end of the stick. So I, I don't feel sorry for that. I don't. 
TJ, NFLPA is doing a disservice to the players. They could have got health care, all players retired, uh, but they went with no testing for weed instead. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, they look, and that, that's a prime example right there, Mocha. Thank you very much for the $5 also. See, that's the thing. It's about looking out for your own self-interest. It has absolutely nothing to do with everybody else around you. I have no respect for that. Don't like, you know what I'm saying? There was a, there was a controversy that, that happened, a, 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 I say about a year and a half ago, that involved Monique. She wanted you to boycott Netflix because they didn't want to give her a certain amount of money. For those that don't know who Monique is, she's a comedian. She, she wanted people to boycott Netflix because they didn't want to give her an amount of money. Like you're looking out for your own self-interest. You're looking out, you're looking out for yourself. Okay. So if you want to smoke blunts in a in the off season or through the regular season, oh, I want to do that. So that's cool. But what about the, the Earl Campbells of the world? What about those type of guys that can barely walk? What about those guys that probably have to go out here and receive health care from a nice booster from the University of Texas? What about those type of guys that are paved away from you and that didn't make the same amount of money as you? You're not looking out for them. So miss me with that. Miss me with that. I can't come, I cannot come on board with somebody that's looking out for their own self-interest. You're looking out for your own self. You're not looking out for your buddy. You're not looking out for your pal. You're not looking out for the guy next to you. You're looking out for yourself. So if you're doing that, stop crying. And if you're not going to stay at home, if you're not going to lose a paycheck, get out of my face. You know what I'm saying? Don't, don't, don't put that stuff on social media, man. That, that's that fake activism stuff that I don't need. You know, the people that, that, that there's, there's, there's couch activists, social media activists, that's telling you about all the things that need to get done from the comfort of their own home, from the comfort of social media. And a hundred and hundred plus characters. They want to tell you something so profound. They want to sit up here and put the glasses on like they Malcolm X. You know what I'm saying? They want to put the glasses on and be like Malcolm X and be all profound on social media. But where the hell are you on Saturdays? On your off days on Tuesday? Are you putting in the work? Or are you just telling other people what they need to do in order to make your life better? Do something about it. Do something about it. Make me react. Make me feel how you feel. Make me feel like what you're saying is justifiable for others, not just yourself. And then, and then we can talk. Then we can talk. Latasha says they're really sitting up here complaining about extra money they're going to get. Like, seriously, don't most people that play football love the game? Like, I feel where uh, Kamara is coming from. But I also feel where, well, look, Alvin Kamara has a right to feel any way he wants to, okay? I, I mean, he does. Like, I'm not going to take that away from him. But what I'm saying is, if you're just sitting up here on social media and you're not doing anything about it, it's just a waste of time. It's just a waste of time. If I just sat up here and I just did this, I just, I just hit the live button and I just did this. I'm wasting everybody's time. If I just don't say anything at all and I'm just sitting up here just looking at the camera like this, I'm wasting everybody's time. You all want me, you know what I'm saying, to, to, to give you information or give a perspective. That's what I do, okay? You know what I'm saying? If I'm not doing that, stop wasting 
my time. If you're not going to do anything, stop wasting my time. Straight up. What up, TJ? The host. What's going on, T-Dirty? Damien says, I'm late to the show. Uh, who did we sign? Uh, we signed Tom, uh, Tanyo Passanio. Now, I know I probably messed his first name up, but he's uh, from the Kansas City Chiefs, six foot seven, 290 pounds. Uh, he came into the league 2017, second round pick. So good, solid pickup for the Saints, man. Not a big household name, but he's definitely going to be a difference maker. I apologize to everybody that, you know, that I skipped. If you notice that I probably skipped your comment, please feel free to put your comment uh, down below once again, you know, so I can go ahead and read it. Man, I don't want to miss out on nobody. Exactly. Stop sitting up here talking on Twitter. Uh, take some real action. When it comes down to it, uh, they money, they sit out a whole season or they have uh, two or uh, three games, but want to complain and do nothing. That That's that's my whole point, Latasha. When it's when <laughs> when it benefits them, they're willing to do it. When it benefits others as well as them, they don't want to do it. <laughs> you know, rather you like Kaepernick or not, rather you like Nike or not, that that, that slogan that they put out there reigns true. You know, I mean, if, believe in something if that even if that means sacrificing everything, straight up. If that mean if if you mean that you have to make a sacrifice in order for you to create that change. Do so. Rather you are a fan of Kaepernick or not, rather you believe in his actions or not, rather you support Nike or not, that slogan is true. Believe in something, even if it means sacrificing anything. Believe that you're worth what you're asking for. If you feel like 17 games are too much, bet on yourself. Bet on yourself the same way you bet on yourself when you go out there on that field. And you put your best foot forward, and after four or five years, you go to the negotiating table and you say, I want this amount of money because I proved to you my value. You prove your value. So with that same energy, prove your value by going out here and saying, you know what? I ain't going to do this. Y'all can do this without me. Those players are important. And it's sad. <laughs> it's sad they don't realize that. NFLPA missed the boat on suing the league after the uncapped year when the league had a secret cap in place. Raiders, Saints, and Cowboys was fine. Thank you very much, Tragic, for the 499. Look, the NFL has constantly got over. You know, the, the NFL has constantly got over on their players. And, um, it's sad. It's sad to watch, man. You know, it, it, it's almost like a person that you know is really strong getting ragdolled by somebody half their size. Like, you know, for a fact that they can just, you know what I'm saying, like pick this person up and throw them up out of the way, but they're getting ragdolled because maybe that person don't realize it. It's almost like the ugly duckling that turned into a beautiful swine, but didn't realize it. You know, you didn't realize that you're part of the cool kids now. You don't realize that you realize, you know, you still think that you're an ugly duckling. You still feel like you ain't got no value. You do have value. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you have all the stroke. Why NFL players don't understand that is beyond me. Like you have all the stroke. You got all the hand. You got all, as my uncles used to say, decision. 
You got all this issue, and yet you still sit up here as if, you know, like you, like you, I don't know, you know, Huckleberry Finn and Tom Sawyer saying, I want some more, sir. You want some more? You know what I'm saying? Like you, you like you begging at the table for table scraps. My dude, like this is your kitchen. You think I'm about to go up in there in the kitchen, man, and beg, you know what I'm saying, and not open my own refrigerator? Are you crazy? You built this. You're building this. They about to have a, a billion dollar television deal. Every single player that's a star that's in the league that we have bought jerseys that we have invested in have put bricks forward to build the house of prosperity for the NFL. So act like it. Stephen uh, Dickens uh, says, uh, Dixon, Stephen Dixon, excuse me, says most of them are millionaires anyway. They need to stop complaining. See, that's the thing. Stop like let's stop putting caps on who needs to say what. You know, like we rich, you don't need to complain. No, 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 no. No, I disagree with that. I disagree with that. See, I'm not in a business of counting people's pockets. See, I'm. I, that's the thing. Like, we feel like when a person is rich beyond our wildest dreams, we feel like they are completely exempt from having problems and issues and things that we deal with every day. And I get it, right? If you're sitting somewhere at your home and you're trying to figure out which bill you're going to pay and which bill you're going to get extended, and you hear about Alvin Kamara on Twitter having a hissy fit, in your opinion, now I'm not I'm 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 not saying this, but I'm just saying, right? That's the way you're looking at, it, right, man? Shut up, man! I'm trying to sit up here trying to pay this water bill and this other bill, man. I'm trying to figure it out. What you got to complain about? You up here skiing in Montana? You know what I'm saying? When I'm up in here trying to figure out what's going to happen with my life, I understand that. But I do understand that people have problems in different ways. Our problems may not be the same. I'm not going to discredit people's problems because they have more money than me. But I am going to evaluate you on how you solve those problems, how you address those problems. That's what I'm going to do. That's how I wrote. And I think that's how you need to roll, right? Because we can't sit up here and say this shouldn't be a problem to somebody. Because how many times have we heard this in our lifetime? Oh, what you crying for? What you complain about? You got this, you got that. We've heard this before. But it still don't make us feel any less empty or any less heartbroken. Depends on the situation. Doesn't, doesn't stop us from being less frustrated. To us, it's real. It's as real as it get. To them, it's real. It's real as it get. All I'm saying is, what the hell are you going to do about it? You know, it's equivalent to you're crying to me and talking about how you can't pay the bill. But, you know, you ain't doing nothing about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you ain't doing nothing about it. Like, sitting up there just, you know, man, I need to pay this. How you going to do it? I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Eugene says TJ is on one and in the best possible way. Eugene, thank you so much, man. Look, I'm fired up because it's time out for the BS, man. It's time out for the nonsense. You got too many people on here with the with nonsense. And, and you know, I, I can't buy it. I can't buy what a lot of people are selling. I, I can't. You know, like I, I just can't do it. 
these players need to they need to come together and figure something out. But as long as you got a guy up here, guy down here, got a guy think this way. I mean, we seen in the Saints locker room, right? Saints locker room was almost divided by some comments by Drew Brees, right? You had, you know what I'm saying? You had division over here. You had Malcolm Jenkins up here on social media cursing Drew Brees out. That's a mind frame. That's the way people think. Drew Brees believes this way. Malcolm Jenkins believes this way. But here's the thing. Stop complaining if y'all can't come together. Nothing is going to happen. Just go ahead and do it. Just go ahead and do it. If you're not going to stand up, if you're not going to show solidarity, stop wasting everybody's time. Ernest says, AK has a diamond grill with diamonds. Bank account. Like I said, I'm not in the business of counting people money, Ernest. All I'm saying is do something about it. If he had diamond grills in his mouth, and he had a bank account and he sat at home and, you know what I'm saying, he, he galvanized the other players to do the same thing and follow suit, then I'll be like, okay, man, AK, you know what I'm saying, like, cool. Not even just with AK, Richard Sherman, uh, you know, any other player, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, I'll be like, you know what, God dog, these guys are these guys are on some real stuff. You know, I'm, I'm going to support that. Exactly, TJ, you want change? get you and a couple other players to fight for it. Exactly. You know, I mean, look, one player, one person marching down the city hall is one thing, you know, you might create some change. You might get the news out there, you know, or maybe not, but if you get a whole multitude of people going out there with you, trust and believe those vans are going to roll up and everybody going, you know, you probably gonna get a security guard that's calling the news station or calling the police or whatever. And it's going to, calls attention you know so work together if not be quiet uh myron tj uh do you know how much cap space uh we got right now uh not exactly i think the last time i checked i think the same with me was like over like six or seven million dollars if i'm not mistaken and they, they did some restructuring so they probably have a little bit more money than that so, yeah. Hold on, folks. Uh, I just want to say thank you all uh, for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. And we got to pay some bills a few in a few for a few minutes. Excuse me. Got to pay some bills for a few minutes. And just want to let everybody know that the State of the Saints podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. OK, we all know that the tournament is right now. There was a really good game, Alabama versus UCLA. I think we all enjoyed. Uh, but look, if you want to score big, check out manscaped.com. All right, manscaped.com is the official spot for all your male grooming needs. All right, there's free international shipping, and you can save 20% by using a promo code State of Saints. That's all one word that's State of Saints. So go to manscaped.com for all of your grooming needs. All right, so thank Manscaped for being the official sponsor of the State of the Saints podcast. and you know, they picked the State of the Saints podcast up for the month of April, too. So, you know, saying shout out to them. <laughs> you know, we're doing, we doing really big things over here, man. So thank you to Manscaped for believing in the vision of the State of the Saints podcast. And thank you all for believing in the vision as well. And uh, for those that just tuned in, please hit the like button. Please hit the subscription button if you enjoy the show. I really appreciate that. And thank you to all those that donate to the State of the Saints podcast. I really do appreciate that. Thank you all for 
uh, helping the podcast grow. Tomorrow on the State of the Saints podcast, our guest will be John DeShazer. JD uh, will be back for his third time here on the State of the Saints podcast. So uh, check that out. There will be uh, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central time. So check out the State of the Saints podcast from NewOrleansSaints.com, John DeShazer. Big Sean, PD says, if a 17-game wins get us into the playoffs, I bet AK would change his tone. Mm, maybe, maybe not, you know. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe not. J-Rock says, what's good, TJ? The host of the State of the Saints podcast. What's going on, J-Rock? Appreciate you stopping by. Latasha is correct. Yeah, absolutely. Latasha bringing the heat here today. Isaac says, if you get paid salary, uh, it doesn't matter how many hours you work, just work. Well, that's when you have to negotiate your salary, right? If you're making, if you're making salary, make sure that <laughs> you understand that you might have to put in some hours and you might have to work some extra hours when somebody don't show up. So here, here's the thing, you know, like make sure you're negotiating, but that way you'll feel comfortable and won't feel frustrated, you know? So Lewis says, thank you uh, to everyone supporting the channel. Lewis, thank you for supporting the channel. I appreciate that. I'm trying to scroll up and scroll down, man. Let me go, Leanne. Uh, Leanne, what's going on? Leanne says that Modi comparison was a really good example. Well, we know we 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 we, we uh put some uh put some good examples together from time to time. <laughs> uh, thank thank you, Leanne. Uh, people being crazy. Uh, internet activists always have an opinion on something is real easy to talk when you have absolutely nothing to lose. Straight up, uh, these NFL players aren't even willing to lose some money. It's sad. Yep. And like I said, as long as the NFL and the owners can dangle the carrot of prosperity in the faces of them, and as long as they keep on taking a bait like a, a, a big bass in some fresh water, they're going to continue to get screwed over. It's just as simple as that. So, sorry. Atasha says, he and Cam put those tweets out, but we won't hear another word about it once the season starts. Pretty much. Pretty much. And like I said, you know, there's a, what what was that? You know, in the, in the words of the late, great Margaret, Marvin Hagler, who uh, passed away, said it's, uh, it's hard to get punched in the face uh, when you're sleeping on silk sheets. You know what I'm saying? It's easy for you to, it's easy for you to talk about these things, you know what I'm saying, when you're living a life of luxury. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can talk all these different things because, you know, you're living, you're living beautifully. You know what I'm saying? You're living wonderfully. You know what I'm saying? You're living, you're living well, you're eating well. You can talk all that noise, right? Because if you were to walk away, oh, I'm set. But here's the problem. When you got guys just making league minimum, probably making $100,000, 200, you know, hard for them to say, let's sit down because they live in paycheck to paycheck. Basically you may be not, you may not be, but they are. Uh, Let's go down. Demonte uh, Coxie and or Marshall from LSU would be uh, great for the Saints rookie uh, wide receivers. I agree. I agree. Uh, the uncapped year was supposed to be no salary cap, uh, but the Saints Raiders and Cowboys spent over the secret amount uh, to suppress wages. <laughs> well, I'm glad it wasn't a. Un- I'm glad it wasn't a, un- a uncapped year because 
you, you probably would have had a lot of, you know, some of the stuff we seeing going on with the NBA. I don't like that. I, I actually like the salary cap because that means that each team has a fair advantage. You know, I don't want to see what I'm seeing from the Brooklyn Nets and the, the, the Lakers and the Clippers, man. Look, that's whack. That's whack, man. Like, I, I want an equal playing field. You know, I want an equal playing field. Like, you know, in the NBA to me, it's like, you know, five guys roll up in two cars, you know, and they sit on the side, you know, and one guy says, I got next. And then, you know what I'm saying, one team wins, he'd be like, I got all my boys right here. And they didn't play together since, you know, since they were in diapers. You know, like, and they out there, you know what I'm saying, running plays and setting up screens and what have you. You know what I'm saying? That's whack. Like, you want to impress me? Come out there, put this guy with you and this guy right here. Put this guy with you because he can shoot well. Put this tall guy right here because he can bang in the paint. Put this other guy out here because he's a scrappy guy. He's going to get a couple of rebounds. He's going to fly around and let you be out there facilitating and scoring. Like, impress me by doing that. You know, I'm glad the NFL, you know, has a salary cap because if they didn't, you'll have nothing but teams like the Rams and the Dolphins and the Giants and the Cowboys winning the Super Bowl every single year. Because, you know, they was, they was you know, spared no expense. And then the players would like that appeal because the Cowboys are always on TV and the Giants are always on TV and the Dolphins are out there at South Beach and Los Angeles, right? So I'm glad. I'm glad. Latasha said, TJ in these damn lines. Hey, man, look, I got lines for days, okay? I got I got the metaphors for days, all right? You know, you, you should know who my grandfather is. My grandfather was a preacher always coming through with the metaphors. So I learned a lot from him. So I have to thank him for that. Uh, Keith, uh, Baptiste says, I missed most of the show. Fill me in, please. I want to know why you gassed up, TJ. Oh, it's talking about the 17-game season. It'd be hard for me to keep that same energy <laughs> that I just put out there. So, uh, Keem, I appreciate you stopping by. So I will have to ask you to like Blockbuster video. Yes, this is another line. Be kind and rewind and go back to when I was talking about it, you know. Now I'm going to just start using line, lines for the rest of the show. Uh, Oliver Twist wanted more. Thank you. Thank you. Oliver Twist. What I say, Huckleberry Tent and Finn and Tom Sawyer. Yeah, thank you. Oliver Twist. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for uh, all my people out there as uh, avid book readers. Thank you, Lewis. Uh, they could have had the NFL by the balls. Um, I think that's comfortable to say because we sponsored by Manscaped. After support, uncapped year. Yeah, they could have. Like I said, you have to understand your work. You got to understand your power. You got to understand it. And I don't think they do. Tragic. I thought the same thing. Where are the Saints getting this money to sign free agents? I mean, you're restructuring deals, you know, and, and you're, you're putting money back in order to, you know, free money up. So they're they making moves now. I ain't hear a word in a while, old New Orleans-ish. Uh, mm, I'm not sure what we say, Zanshin. Oh, Zishin. Okay, Zishin. Yeah, position. Like, not, not pu- position. Zishin. We got Zishin. That means that you established. You win that thing. Like, I got Zishin. That means you at the top. Isaac says they should pay the players on their performance uh, game by game. Uh, I disagree with that. I disagree. I think they deserve what they get. It's a tough business. 
it's a tough business, Isaac. You know. Uh, let's see. Aiden Ross is your number one fan. Uh, Adam, yo, thank you. Well, I appreciate that, Ivan. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Stephen says it's all good. I can see your point of view. Eugene says Stephen Dixon logic is faulty. Uh, it's similar to when people act as though uh, people being rich discredits them as advocates of yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with this. And economic issues facing the rest of us. Yeah, I, I don't think you, you need to discredit them. Because here's the thing, you know, I think there's hypocrisy at the highest of the highest order when we expect these athletes to say certain things when it comes to social issues, right? But then we discredit them when they have something to say. Like, no, you know, because we're asking where these dudes at, what they got to say about it, why they didn't. Like, one of the biggest knocks on the career of Michael Jordan was the fact that he really didn't talk about none of these issues. Like, during the time when the Rodney King issue came out, he didn't really say nothing about that. You know, some of these other issues that, that plague the black community, he, he never he never addressed it. He never talked about it. And as great as Michael Jordan was, that's, that's kind of like, you know, a little blip on his career. So we can't on one hand say, OK, man, you know, man, shut up. And then on the other hand, like when something goes down, we looking and seeing what they got to say. And don't say we don't, because anytime something happened, like we, we look at the views of some of our favorite players and the views be pretty high which means people want to hear what they got to say. So we can't have it both ways. We can't have it both ways. We can't expect for them to, uh, you know, talk and expound on things we actually care about and we want them to say, but then when we disagree with something, we want them to be quiet. No. And that's what, that's what's wrong with us today. Everybody wants things to be their way. That's the reason why most of us follow news stations that feed our own personal agenda, our own thought patterns, Right. We, we want to believe that we're not crazy, right? So if I believe a certain way, let's just say if I'm, you know, I'm more conservative, I'm going to follow a conservative station. If I'm more liberal, I'm going to follow a liberal station because I don't want to feel that I'm crazy. It's hard for us to think outside the box sometimes, and it's hard for us to sometimes see what's over the fence or take a look because maybe we won't like what we see, you know, but we can't have it both ways, folks. You know, we, we can't we can't be hypocrites about this, you know. So Muhammad Ali uh, had cash and he still risked everything to stand up for his morals, values and sense of rights and wrong. Well, look, Lewis, those days are pretty much gone. You know, those those days are pretty much gone. You know, when you have guys that are willing to make those type of sacrifices, guys that are willing to sit down and say, you know what, I'm not going to the Vietnam War because. You know, no Viet Cong ever called me the N-word. That, I think that's what, what his famous saying was, right? Uh, when you have guys out here that are looking about, you know, looking at what they can possibly lose and not looking at the overall picture, right? You know, it, it's, you know, you're going to continue to have these issues. You're going to continue to have these problems. And it's sad, man. You know, it's sad that we have gotten so cold and so self-centered and so narcissistic uh, that we can't even look at what the other guy is going through. Like it, it's okay to die sometime in order for somebody else to live. You know, one of the greatest uh, stories, if you're a Christian is the story of Jesus Christ, right? Jesus Christ laid his life down so we all can have salvation. Now I don't know how many Christians you have, we have out here, but that's the greatest story ever told, right? A man who had everything who came from heaven, right? Was up there with God, chilling, 
and came down in human form to show us how to live and, and was used as a sacrifice in order for us to have salvation. That's the greatest story ever told. He died so we can live. So it's okay sometimes for us to, you know, lay down on the sword if that means that somebody else can pick it up and continue to fight, especially for those that are, you know, less fortunate. People that are, you know what I'm saying, may benefit from it. Once again, it's hard for us, you know, to fight for those things when we're waking up in a lap of luxury and we're looking around and there's a strong case that we might lose it. So that's the greatest, that is the greatest thing ever. That's the greatest thing you can ever do for a person is to sacrifice something in order for that person to benefit from it. If you ain't doing that at least once, in your lifetime, then what, what the hell are you living for? You know, and, and in other in other words, like what the hell are you talking about? You know, I can't I can't roll with you. I'm scrolling down a little bit, folks. So I apologize if I miss your comments. We're going to start with Big Sean says Ernest is just an example scenario besides the Giants won a Super Bowl as a wild card against an undefeated past team. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited about the 17 game schedule. Uh, should play 27 games for the money. <laughs> I, I, I think that would be way too much. Uh, players get. Uh, Jerry, of course, you're a fan. Uh, let's see. TJ, what you think about the players we picked up today from the Chiefs? Uh, I think, think he's good, man. We talked about it at the top of the show. I think that he has a lot of untapped potential. He reminds me of Ziggy Ansah, you know, a, a guy that uh, – Need a little bit of polish on him, and now he he's starting to turn into a very credible pass rusher. Ramsey says, "Who that TJ? Hope your family is doing well. The things that get me about this 17 game season is why they waited till now now to say anything when the NFL voted for this months ago. I want to say almost last year, didn't it, Ramsey? But you know, I mean, look, <laughs> I, we knew it was going to happen." I mean, did the players not know it was going to happen? I mean, I'm sitting at the crib, and I knew it was going to happen. I'm not, you know what I'm saying? I'm not a player. You know, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure they knew this was coming. So why didn't you say anything before? Oh, yeah, that's right. Too busy doing other things. I mean, I, I didn't I, I didn't see – I've seen a lot of things on social media from some of my favorite players, and I'm not just talking about Saints players. And I didn't hear anybody else talking about – uh, the 17 game season. I've seen Russell Wilson, who I really like, talking about how happy he is in Seattle. Uh, I've seen allegations against Deshaun Watson. I've seen Alvin Kamara out there chilling out there in Montana. Uh, I've seen CD Deuce out there with his football camp. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I've seen Patrick Mahomes. Congratulations to him having this child. So, you know what I'm saying? There's so many other things that's going on that's occupying these guys' time. And I get it and I understand it's life. But you also have other guys that's out there chilling, you know what I'm saying, out there in the Bahamas somewhere in Miami. And, you know what I'm saying, this this has been on the agenda for quite some time. So don't, you know what I'm saying, like, <laughs> uh, like come on, man. Like, don't, don't, mm, I don't know. Don't don't finish doing what you have to do and then talk about how unfair life is. Nah, don't, don't go out living life and then talk about how unfair it is. Like, ah, man, life is so unfair, you know. As I'm taking my, you know, as I'm taking my, uh, you know, shirt off from the Bahamas, you know what I'm saying? As I'm, I'm unpacking from the Bahamas, as I, I'm, I'm, you know what I'm saying? Taking, uh, you know, 
putting sand out of my shoes. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, life is so unfair. You know what I'm saying? Let me, let me pour this sand out of my shoes there when I was walking on the, the beaches of Jamaica, you know, while I was drinking from the lakes of <laughs> Lake Minnetonka. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. Come on. Uh, what's up, TJ? Been a minute since I came in the chat. Uh, hope you're doing all right, bruh. Uh, shout out to who that fam. We still here. It's J187. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. And um, glad you're here, man. Man, I'm super late to the show. Look, better late than never. And thank you, man. I appreciate you stopping by. Darrell says, TJ, what position do you think uh, will the Saints pick first in the draft? Uh, Saints need to pick a cornerback. That's what they need to pick. Saints need a cornerback. That's the most important need that the Saints have right now. That's more important to me than a linebacker. If you don't have a credible cornerback, you can smoke like brisket, burnt like a biscuit, straight up. Like I know I have to dust that off. It's been a while since I said that, but it's true. You're going to get eviscerated. You know what I'm saying? You're going to get destroyed. In, in the secondary, if you don't have a credible corner on the outside opposite of Marshawn Lattimore, period. Facts. It's over with. Done. Finito. Uh, you, it's good to have a linebacker, good to have a sideline and sideline guy, but you need a guy that can stop some of these top wide receivers in the NFC South. And if you don't have that, it's going to be a very long season. E. Jones, my big brother, E.J. says these younger dudes uh, need some older mentors to school them. All the young bull see is dollar signs. Uh, and while that's cool, you don't want to sell your soul and self-respect in the process. I agree. You know, but that, that's the thing. You know, that's what that's what we're taught today. You know what I'm saying? To get everything that we can, you know. And <laughs> this is why I don't fall into this nonsense. You know, I, I don't fall into this nonsense, you know, about stepping on somebody you know like you know most people have like channels like this you know they look at they're competing with other people i don't look at it that way i feel like there's a lane for everybody right and if 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 i see a person out here really trying to create a lane like my guy aaron with the state of the black and gold podcast and and saints hub you know what i'm saying and all these other guys out here that's trying to build their brand why not mention them why not you know what i'm saying why not Help, you know what I'm saying, as you're growing, people, you know what I'm saying, bless you enough for you to grow. Why not help other people? You know what I'm saying? It's good to get what, you know what I'm saying, what's, what's coming to you if you work hard enough. Yeah, I want what's coming to me. You know what I'm saying? I put a lot of time and effort into what I'm doing. But at the same time, you can't forget about the person that's behind you. You can't, you can't forget about the person that's trying to build something themselves. And you shouldn't look at that person as you are further up climbing up the rocks and they're by your foot, you shouldn't just kick your foot and knock them off the mountain. No, 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 no. If you got a free hand, grab that person and bring them up there with you. Help them elevate so you can elevate each other so y'all can be in that same position. You know, like, I, I get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, but you can't forget about the people that you, the, the shoulders that you're standing on. You can't, you know, that that's, that's so important, man. That is so important for us to remember the people that paved the way for us. And we should never like get to a point where we forget about those individuals. You know, I, I mean, because I mean, it's just a matter of time before it can possibly happen to you. You know, I think, you know, I, I think that people need a reality check. Sometimes they need a reality check. Sometimes, sometimes 
You know, like you're living in a lap of luxury. You forget about those people that's down there in the valley. Need a defensive tackle and free agency. Uh, I agree with that. But uh, passing your uh, can actually play both positions, both in and interior. Wouldn't surprise me if he ended up playing interior. Might be a monster in there. Derek Marshall says, who that TJ? What do you think about the linebacker from Notre Dame? Uh, I think that he's a really good, solid linebacker. I think, I think he, man, to me, he needs a little bit more polishing. But I think that, you know, in the right system, he can end up being like a really solid linebacker. But to me, man, look, I want, I want, I want Collins out of Tulsa. That, that's what I want. I want Zayvon Collins out of Tulsa. TJ liked the sign of uh, passing yo. Absolutely. Yeah, I like him a lot. A lot of promise, man. A lot of promise. NFL is about the uh, the money and brand, TJ. Absolutely. They say nobody's bigger than the shield. Okay. You, you say that enough, people start believing it. And then people won't test it. But look, sometimes you got to do it. Sometimes you got, sometimes you have got, sometimes you got to rattle a cage. Sometimes you got to test the system. Hey, TJ, how's it going? I haven't stopped by since the Saints versus the Bucks playoff game. Well, MEPI, uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of the show. Uh, Sherman, anybody? Well, I haven't heard anything from Richard Sherman, but I will say this. Uh, the longer he's out there, the better the same chances are. So it's not over with until he actually signs with another team. Let's let's go with Bill King says dog check woof woof woof. Uh, what's popping? OG True Louisiana Animal says Jerry who that to uh, big dog. Penn State just had a DN that ran a four four at the Penn State Combine recently. I think we are good at the end though. Look man, look. <laughs> Shouts out to uh, one of my favorite people in the world. You know, and I'm not just saying this because he's been on the show, but Mike Dettelier falls into that line. Mike Dettelier hit the nail on the head uh, when he was on Matt Moscona's show, uh, you know, after further review. He said, we fall in love with these these numbers, these these 40 times, these bench pressing. And he said, it's not like you're going to bring a, a bench press machine to the 50-yard line and guys just going to hit it in the, you know what I'm saying, in the middle of plays. You know, it's about who can play and who can't. You know what I'm saying? can you go out there, can you execute? You know, and and Parsons, the, the guy out of Penn State, the linebacker, he's the guy that everybody needs to be talking about. But we fall in love with these these 40 times, these, these vertical leaps. Like, bro, all that is not going to, you know, all, not all of that is going to uh, be put on the field. You know what I'm saying? It's about can you play? You know, it, it's, about, it's about can you play? You know, I mean, that that's what... That's what a lot of people need to understand. I don't fall in love with these these 40 times and, and combines and all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, some of these, I mean, these guys practice year round for these combines. You know, I'm thinking about, man, somebody help me out here. The player, you know what I'm saying? Like, he was an offensive lineman. He got drafted uh, by the Green Bay Packers, right? He ended up taking his season, uh, his senior season off. He ended up getting drafted by the Packers and ended up being one of the biggest busts in the history of the NFL. I can't think of his name, man. Somebody help me out with that, you know, but yeah, he ended up like, you know, playing for the Colts for the rest of his career. 
But, you know, this guy spent his entire offseason, like, prepared for the combine. And, he, like, he had, like, all of these huge numbers. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was knocking out the puck with the bench press and a 40 time and all this other stuff. But <laughs> when it came out to get, you know, playing, I mean, Reggie White just beat that boy like a rag dog. So it's not always about, like, the numbers that you put up. It's about can you play? Yeah, Tony – yeah, Tony Mandridge. You know what I'm saying? Thank you. Thank you. Tony Mandridge. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that, that, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, man. I mean, he had all the tools. I mean, they, they even said, like, he's the greatest. I think he was on Sports Illustrated. They said he was the greatest prospect ever, you know? But dude was getting beat to sleep by Reggie White, you know? <laughs> Pushing that boy like he was like he was paper, you know? Not always about those uh those measurables, the the the, the forty time, the vertical leap. Can you play? Like, give me some players. Give me some guys that can ball out. That's what I want. They can miss. They can miss me with the nonsense, man. I I, don't, I can care less about a vertical leap. He was on a cover of Sports Illustrated. Exactly, they say he was the greatest prospect ever. ATJ, I agree. People fall in love with prototypes, but at the end of the day, can you play? Are you a baller? Straight head buster on the field. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. I, I don't care. I don't care about that. You know, I mean, some of that stuff is important, but can you play? Like, can you play? Well, I feel the saying who that is bigger than the shield. Uh, you think after the shield uh, lost the trademark and ever since the team has uh, paid for it, man. All, all I know is this. These players need to understand the power that they possess. You know, with great power comes great responsibility. You know, and you know, if you're not going to uh, be responsible, you're not going to do what you have to do to create change. Once again, you got to be quiet. You got to be quiet. You know, I mean, this is like something that's been on my mind. It has really, I guess it has something to do with Saints, uh, uh, Saints Twitter. You know, I, I think people have been talking about Saints Twitter. I think there was a bracket that that was put up. Some of you probably know what I'm talking about. But there was uh, an individual on uh, social media uh, by the name of Nader. And uh, Nader is like what a, uh, like a real well-known Saints an avid Saints tweeter. I think he has a podcast. And apparently there was some um there was some controversial comments that came out uh from the brother. You know, somebody went and dig dug into the crates and pulled up his tweets about <laughs> about 10 years ago or 11 years ago. And the guy was basically just using all type of, you know what I'm saying, racial rhetoric. You know, uh he was you know, talking about homosexuals. He was talking about black people. He was talking about dark skin, you know, dark skin women. And uh, cancer culture is at an all-time high. And, um, man, here's the thing. You know, I really feel like this brother was lost back in the day. You know, I, I really do. I, I feel like this brother uh, was an individual that probably didn't understand like what his future was going to be like. I don't think he, I don't think he really understood like 
the responsibility that he was going to have or even, you know what I'm saying, the fact that he might end up, you know, being well-known and well-liked. And, you know, I did reach out to him, man. I, I asked him, you know what I'm saying, I offered him to come on the State of the Saints podcast to tell his story, to get the word out and, you know, not be biased towards him. But, you know, I think we all can learn from this, man. You know, there are individuals that are watching you. You know what I'm saying? Like, we can't just – we got to make sure that we're being responsible when we're put into these positions because people are going to try to stop at absolutely nothing to bring you down. They're going to stop at nothing to try to make sure that everybody sees you for, you know, something else. I mean, we see it <laughs> from Derek Jackson, and now we're seeing it on the same Twitter with Nader, man. So – Hopefully his brother learned his lesson, man. I, I seen I seen the videos that he put out. Dude, you know what I'm saying? Dude was like, you know, you can tell like, man, it's, it's really been beating him down. I hope that the brother actually learned from this, man. But I, I just want to let him know that, you know, I would challenge him on this. And I, I'm saying this because I think this kind of coincides with what we've been talking about a few minutes ago. You have to look at somebody else before you look at yourself. Don't look out for your own self-interest. Like, don't be apologizing. Don't be, don't be apologizing because it's affecting your brain. Don't be apologizing because you're actually losing something. Apologize because, you know, because one, you're absolutely sorry. And then number two, you're really going to try to create change to make things better for people. Now, the brother does do stuff in the community. He gives, you know what I'm saying, to the homeless and all that kind of stuff. So I feel like he's a genuine brother, but I think the brother really need some help. Like that's you know what I'm saying? Like, what would you be having this conversation if you didn't get caught? I'm that's that's always my that's always my philosophy. Like, if somebody comes into the store and they steal and you catch them stealing. And you're like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I can't believe I did this. I'm so sorry. Like, are you sorry that you did this? Or are you sorry you got caught? If you would have walked into, if you would have walked, you know what I'm saying, about to walk out the store and I didn't catch you, would you turn around and say, you know what? I was about to walk out this store with this and I just had a change of heart and I'm sorry. Would you do that? You know, would you do that? You know, that, that's what I'm always thinking about. But I just feel like the brother probably, he just needs some counseling, man. He needs to understand that he really hurt some people and, and it, it's going to affect him, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, look, I'm not perfect. You know what I'm saying? I, I ain't sitting up here like I'm self-righteous, please. But I, all I'm saying is don't just look out for your brand. Don't just look out old people. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm just doing damage control. Really legitimately be sorry for what you've done and, and be willing to change. You know what I'm saying? Be willing to hear people out and be willing to take some of the criticism. And don't duck and dodge and hide. You know what I'm saying? And understand that you really hurt some people. And, and, and you have and, and people really believed in you. People really believed in you, man. So that would be my advice, man. We you have to be more careful. You have to you have to understand your position or your position. And Man, you know what I'm saying? I, I I just feel like the brother was lost. It seemed like a brother was just trying to like find a voice. You know how some people you see tweeting or on Facebook and they just 
say all type of things. And I guess that tries they try to make themselves stand out. I mean, it's kind of was the same way, but I believe he can change, you know what I'm saying? But you know, I think that people are gonna be looking at his actions. And some people like I, I guarantee he he's gonna lose. But I mean, I hope the brother gets everything straight, man. I have to say that because I mean some of you probably know what I'm talking about, some of you probably don't. But uh now he is on um social media and he got a lot of backlash over the weekend. My perfect scenario is that the Saints sign TJ or Sherman and draft Asante Samuel uh in the second round. Yeah, TJ Carey. Yeah, I, I agree with that. No, you know, I think they need to sign him, the guy from the coach. Uh, I see it happening to a lot of athletes and these wrestlers. <laughs> uh now, Puka Williams is a, uh, a Louisiana native and reminds me of D'Angelo Williams uh, from the Panthers. Well, if that's the case, sign him. Plus celebrities, too. Yeah, but people got to know when you're wrong, you're wrong. Keep that same energy. I agree. Facebook or YouTube. Uh, he's actually on Twitter. We're talking about the same person. Etienne reminds me of a bigger Kamara, but has a lot of ability another Louisiana native. Yeah, but he struggles in a in a, in a passing game with blocking, pass protection, which, which most rookies do, which, you know, they don't come into the league like being good, you know, good in pass protection, but um, he needs some work. I think he got a little better, but he still needs some work. Wait, what did I miss? What did he do? Well, he put some racist comments up. We were talking about that same person. I just had to say that, man, because now I did reach out to the brother. You know, I seen like everybody was like coming down on this dude. And I was like, man, look, if you need a platform where you can talk and express yourself, I'm here. You know, I, I, it's not like, you know, it's not like I'm trying to, you know, clout chase or whatever like that. Look, I, I ain't about that. I just feel like sometimes, you know, people just need to hear your side of the story. And I, look, it wasn't like I was going to sit up here and just, you know, listen to him. I was going to really have a conversation with him because I feel like if you're really sorry, you need to show it. You know what I'm saying? You need to answer some questions because a lot of people that believed in this cat, you know, they no longer believe in him. You know what I mean? I mean, you got to you got to be solid across the board, man, especially like when you have a responsibility. You got to you you have a responsibility uh, to the people that that invested in you, their time and their energy. But I want to say thank you all for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. And uh, for those that came in late, uh, I just. uh I encourage you all to check out the beginning of the show. Uh, we talked about uh, the Saints' uh, new signing. Uh, you know, we also talked about the 17-game season. And uh, we really had a good time, man. Thank you all so much for being a part of the State of the Saints podcast, those that f- filed in early, those that filed in late. Uh, thank you so much for allowing the State of the Saints podcast to be a part of your day. And I encourage everybody to hit the like button. Please hit the like button right now if you love the show. Uh, also hit the subscription button to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Also, man, check out my guy, Aaron, man, at the State of the Black and Gold on YouTube, man. I think he bought at 930 subscribers, man. So help that guy, help my guy get to 1,000 subscribers and also Saints Hub, man. I seen his uh, video earlier. Uh, subscribe to his channel as well, man. Uh, help those brothers grow. Help them, you know, to get to where they need to be. They, they, they give good content, and uh, that's what we need here in the Saints you know, in the Saints community, man. There's not enough Saints news to go around. We need to be able to counteract the nonsense that we hear from the national media. 
Let's get some passionate fans up there in the algorithm, you know what I'm saying, so their names can come up and we can, um, you know, so they can continue to do content that we can enjoy. And also Facebook.com, search The State of the Saints podcast. Also, you can follow me on Twitter at State of Saints. That's State of Saints. And uh, thank you all for your time. Uh, This is the State of the Saints podcast sponsored by Manscaped.com. And like always, all I got to say is, who that?